Testing, testing. I hope you die a horrific death. Welcome back. <clears throat> First, I gotta apologize today. I got a little something. Something happening here in my in my soaked. But I wanted to go ahead and make a video anyway, and you know, a podcast. Just throw it up. So that's what we're doing. And. <clears throat> Excuse me. Hopefully that she'll stop. The point today that we're going to focus on is Japanese language and how, how, to, how to learn Japanese and how to learn it quickly because a lot of people burn up a lot of time and energy messing around with different kind of language systems and things that don't work. Conversely, there are people who study for the uh, the JLPT or the Japanese language proficiency test and I've met several of them they really rack up the kanji they know the grammar and they do well on tests but they can't chat up a girl in a bar for more than three minutes they can't explain their situation to a cop and uh, they can't organize the redelivery of a package on the telephone so, what's the, what's the goddamn point of that? I mean, if you're studying Japanese as some kind of esoteric endeavor very well, knock yourself out. <clears throat> if, however, your interest in the language is to use it as language is intended for communication and to express yourself and connect with other people, then you need to learn how to speak and you need to learn how to listen. Those are both very important. So anyway, first a little background. I spoke no Japanese when I showed up here. And I'd never studied it or anything. At the time, I was living in California. Who, who, is somebody outside my house? No, we're good. At the time, I was living in California, and... <clears throat> I actually was speaking Cantonese quite a bit. My ex-roommates were both from Hong Kong. And, yeah, when someone would get angry and there would be a fight, that's what would be uh, screamed and shouted. So there's some Cantonese floating around. Uh, so just like I didn't realize the Japanese spoke any English before I came here, or they had an interest in English, I had no interest in Japanese language at all. And uh, even to this day, if there weren't practical reasons, I would not have learned it at all. And some people won't like that. I know some people are really engaged by the language. They're really, uh, it's almost in a, a religion to them. They're enchanted by it. I never felt that. To this day, I still don't feel it. If I was going to study a language, I'd study Latin or Italian or French again. It wouldn't be Japanese. 
anyway, <clears throat> I do speak Japanese. And as I said in a recent post on gaijinass.com titled How to Learn Japanese, um, I preface and intro it by saying, yeah, I speak Japanese, and I don't necessarily speak it perfectly. Um, I don't know any foreigners who do. I know foreign people who, and I'm not defending my Japanese level because it's not bad, but I know people who studied in school and, you know, spend a lot of time and effort and money trying to learn the language, and when it really comes down to it, when they're really dealing with a tense situation, they wind up finding a Japanese friend who can help them then negotiate. Part of that might be cultural. Sometimes you can speak Japanese to a Japanese person's face. You can say the exact correct thing, and they don't even register that you're speaking to them. Some of them, their level of disbelief that a foreigner is speaking their language is so ingrained that they cannot fathom that someone has, has tackled this mystical barrier of language. <clears throat> anyway, we don't need to worry about that shit. That's their problem. But, uh, yeah, I had no Japanese when I showed up. I then suddenly understood that I needed to kind of learn it. And it came in ebbs and flows. So at different times, I would suddenly, almost without explanation, speak a lot more of the language than I did before. So... For me, that first, uh, yeah, the first big shocker, and I, oh, by the way, this is Aki Hoshino, right here. Mmm, not bad. Yeah, she was a, I used that picture, she was a big deal back in the day. <clears throat> and it connects, there's a correlation to the post content, have no fear. If you're listening to this and can't see it, go on Google. Type in Aki Hoshino and look at some Google images. Give yourself 10 to 15 minutes to do that. So my point was, 9 out of 10 times in a Japanese-speaking situation, I am good to go. I can say exactly what I want to say. I can understand what the other person's trying to tell me. And I can get myself into or out of bad situations. Uh, I can watch movies. I can watch TV. I can even listen to stuff uh, if if it's something political or um, philosophical. Sometimes it can get tense, but by and large, I'm good to go. And that's the point, isn't it? And a lot of people have talked about this, and I think it's true. There is a point of diminishing returns in language acquisition. So you can pretty rapidly get to a, a proficient day-to-day -day language level, with a very little effort and just some consistent practice. But after a certain point, to go to the next level, you're looking at a, a really high amount of commitment uh, and probably professional tutelage or obsessive, obsessive personal study. I have, a f I have two friends who've done that who just decided after years that they wanted to fluently read. And they would commit to four to five hours of study per day. And a year later, boom, they could read 3,500 kanji. <clears throat> it's not magic. It's just do the work. If you do the work, it happens. Yeah, I'm actually, I'm standing in here today because 
I've been doing a lot more deadlifting again, and uh, these sofas I have in this office, they're a little too small. So when I sit uh, for the computer, I wind up hunching over like a cat, and uh, it's not cool lumbar a region so standing so kind of moving around a lot but I like it motion creates motion and it's better for when I do go to the gym later <clears throat> if I've been standing as opposed to sitting yeah you could write that down in your life hack notebook don't sit down before you train don't sit down before you train you can lay down and sleep and take a nap I think that's good to go 20 minutes with your feet elevated then go do your training or stand. Don't sit down before you train. It's bad for you. So, here we go. How did I learn Japanese? <clears throat> well, if you don't know, then you'll know now. My motivation for coming over here was all about uh, combat sports and prize fighting. At the time, it was, you know, 2004, way back in the day. Um, the Tokyo, the Tokyo, was the the mecca of mixed martial arts and the you, I could probably say the, the capital of kickboxing as well Pride Fighting Championships Pride FC was the shit um, everyone wanted to come fight in Pride UFC was nothing UFC was a joke um, it had been threatened with being dissolved a bunch of times everyone looked at it like a bunch of knuckleheads in a cage um Wearing tap out shirts, it got no respect at all. Everybody wanted to fight in Pride. That's where the money was. It's where the best people in the world were. So Pride was a big attraction to me. I was ordering bootleg VCR tapes off eBay to get my Pride fix, and I came over for that specifically to train at Takara Dojo, which used to be the home of uh, Sakuraba Kazushi. And uh, Dejiro, Dejiro Matsui used to train there as well. Well, anyway, I came over. I trained there. I was not impressed. Um, it just seemed pretty weak sauce to me. I didn't get to meet Sakuraba. Um, I saw Matsui. And he was a dick. So, <clears throat> never saw Takeda. And the grappling classes, although competent, were definitely not what I was looking for. They were just... It just the intensity level was all wrong. So... Um, I was kind of disappointed, a little dejected, and a Japanese friend of mine, who I'd recently become friends with, a female, she happened to know, she happened to know someone, I think through work, whose husband managed a gym, and I kind of rolled my eyes, I was like, yeah, whatever, I've been in and out of gyms my whole life, worked in gyms my whole life, but I just thought, whatever, I'm here for two weeks, and I got to uh, train anyway, so yeah, take me to this, your friend's husband's shitty gym. <clears throat> that shitty gym turned out to be Ihara Gym in Daikayama. Um, probably the baddest, the baddest gym I've ever been in, in my life. And I've been to a bunch of gyms in Thailand. I've been to Jockey, uh, back in the day, Sasi Prabha, serious places. I've done boxing with Jesse Reed, um... I, I've been fortunate. I trained with Eric Paulson. Uh, I've trained with Eddie Bravo, uh, Gerald Strebrandt, just a variety of people. But from from Ihara Dojo on, that's when shit got very real. Uh, with the day I went in, the first day, there were five world champions training, including Masato of 
K1 Max kickboxing fame. Anyway, <clears throat> I started training there. I wound up staying in Japan uh, by hook or by crook. I just made it happen. That's a whole other discussion. And then I was training there five, six days a week. And I didn't speak any Japanese. And nobody there spoke English. And there's a lot of screaming and yelling. And uh, the boss is very old school. Beats the shit out of people on the regular. The violence I've seen from that guy to fighters in his gym is uh, legendary. He's kicked me in the head multiple times. You know, he wears uh, cross trainers when he's in there. He's had 100 fights himself, so he'll be in there. And when you're not looking, when he tells you to look at something, he'll kick you in the mouth. Um, throw pads at people, throw a chair at someone. I saw him hit a guy in the head multiple times with a phone. Um, yeah, it's just standard operating procedure. So learning Japanese was pretty important there just to survive. Also, so I could understand more clearly what I was being told to do because I was deeply in love with kickboxing and I really wanted to be good at it. That was a serious, serious desire of mine. So uh, I started collecting some phrases there. Now... The last point in my list is actually the next place that I uh, started learning Japanese. As I said, I would make these jumps in language. So basically, I didn't feel like I was studying. I wouldn't really be writing anything down. Just I'd be making notes in my head in the gym. And then suddenly, one day, those notes would all come together and someone would scream a few sentences at me and I'd, I'd just understand what they were saying. Um, the next one happened with uh <laughs> not Aki Hoshino but I started to make a lot of female friends in Japan in Tokyo back back then I didn't really have any connection with the uh expat community at all I did get a job mystically and that was for visa purposes but I didn't really I didn't go out I didn't, everything was kickboxing, and then after that, ladies. If I had to choose, hmm, do I want to go out to a bar and drink beers with these guys I don't know, or do I want to go home, get a massage, and then uh, lay down with a cute Japanese woman? Yeah, I'll go with the cute Japanese woman. And a lot of them didn't speak English, or a small amount, and I started picking up more Japanese that way too. Um, I don't think you're ever going to become super fluent that way and you can pick up bad habits. So it's not unheard of to run into guys here and the slang they're using and their pronunciation and intonation is really girly. So you've got a six foot tall black American guy who's using really cute Japanese intonation. It's gross. But that's just from him laying all that pipe. That's it. Okay, after that, um, and this isn't something I'm proud of. This is just the way it goes. Um, school of Hard Knocks or whatever. I got in trouble. I was arrested. I went to jail for several months. And in jail, <clears throat> you're not allowed to speak anything to any other prisoner except for Japanese. And if you break the rule, you get put in solitary. Um, most of the guards don't speak English. I was fortunate enough to have one guard who had his previous assignment had been in the translation division. So he did speak English. Um, but 
for him to sit around and chit chat with me through the bars would have been awkward and likely detrimental to his career. So there wasn't a lot of that going on. Um, there's also a lot of free time. So what you are allowed to do is sit on the floor. It is a, it is a steel floor with a, a small strip of carpet over it. And by carpet, I mean more like AstroTurf. You sit on that Indian style during the daylight hours. That's it. You don't lay down. You don't walk around. Um, if your guards, if the people on duty are cool, you can probably get some push-ups in here and there. I did. But the majority of that time is you sitting. Um, leaning against the wall depends on the guards. Some will let you lean against the wall. Some will not. You are allowed to take one book before breakfast, or I'm sorry, after breakfast, uh, before between breakfast and lunch, you can take one book out of your locker and a writing implement and something to write on. So I would take out a Japanese book, which I was given either by the guards or some of my friends who were very gracious and came to visit me. And I would then study Japanese. So that would be the only time in my life where I did study, actually study. And that was several months. Um, not only was I studying, to say that I was studying is almost incorrect. That was entertainment. I had nothing else to do. Um, I had fictional reading as well, brought to me by my, uh, my, like, guardian angel librarian, Yosemono. You can read his posts on Kaijin Ass. He's, he's always on there. He would come pretty weekly and bring uh, very quality fiction books. Some other people uh, also came and brought me some literature. However, you got to make that shit last. You're in there every day. Now, aside from the days you're taken out to go to the prosecutor, and that is a fun, fun day trip to Kasumigaseki, where you sit in an old, giant wooden cell with 12 other dudes and a communal toilet on a podium, and you eat slices of white bread and drink warm water. And then you go see the prosecutor and he yells at you. That's fun. Uh, but if you're not doing that, you're stuck. You're stuck in your cage back at whatever police station you were rotting in. Um, you want to save that fictional literature. And for me personally, I like to read the fiction in the evening. Um, we always had a few hours in the evening before bed, uh, before tatami, that is. Uh, by that I mean old blanket and old pillow. Don't get it twisted. It was not your homestay mommy's wonderful, warm winter tatami. Oh, it's so nice. You lay down. It's so comfortable. No, there was none of that shit. Those were old blankets. Old beat-up blankets and one beat-up shitty bean pillow. But I'd like to read my fiction before that. And once you figure out the guards' routine and what they can see and couldn't see, you could keep a book in there despite not that, that not being allowed after uh, lights out, which the lights never actually go out. Uh, they just have these kind of reddish orange bulbs that go on and you know, you set it up the right way. You can read after lights out as well, which I did, which I think everybody did. Um, so, uh, I get four hours of Japanese study in the morning. Uh, in the afternoon, I would either study Farsi or uh, Pashtun, I was studying both of those, and I would uh, do some writing by, my, by myself, just free writing. 
So that was my that was the extent of my study. Several months in jail. The other thing is you get applicable ap- or real world application immediately, uh, and you're talking about complicated shit, other people's crimes. That's always a hot topic. Uh, people want to know what you did. You want to know what they did. It's fascinating, fascinating stuff. Also, you want to be able to understand options because there's always a couple guys in there who have been there before and they know what they're talking about. And if you can understand what they're telling you to be ready for, it can really help. I am not advocating. I'm definitely not recommending anyone go to jail. Not here, not in the States, not in Australia, not in Russia. Don't go to jail. It sucks. And don't go to jail in a country that has none of the conventional ideas that you have about criminal justice or human rights because that makes it worse. So just don't do it. However, if you do find yourself there, consider a strict regimen of study to pass the time. Um, The books that I used, that I, I just memorized, I memorized both these books when I was in there. One of them is uh, Making Out in Japanese. This is a corny, corny, silly, silly, ubiquitous tome, which I think most foreigners are given or get when they first arrive. I had it. I never, I read the first page. I never opened it. I think I flipped to the back and looked at the sex words for 10 minutes at some point, but I never read it or anything. Someone brought me a copy in jail and I memorized that in a couple days and to this day I use Japanese from that book some of it's pretty crass but sometimes one must be crass in certain situations it's easy to remember it's got romaji and uh, hiragana, katagana, kanji easy explanations for stuff it's actually worth picking up and it's cheap it's like 12 bucks so if you are looking to pick up like street Japanese, real Japanese, you can use in certain situations. And it does everything from isots and like greetings to ordering food to buying tickets and to, you know, asking girls uh, how many fingers they want inserted. It covers everything. Get it. It's not bad. Another book someone brought was this Japanese from Zero, the first edition with this ridiculous little manga character on the front. Yeah, I did that and memorized it. It's like an integrated approach, reading, writing, uh, stuff you can practice speaking, whatever. It's just the book that I had, so uh, I used that. They both helped. Um, there were some other textbooks floating around as well, but they were just archaic. And uh, the most ridiculous situations, most of them written in the bubble. And uh, just ignore those. Get conventional textbooks. <clears throat> Okay, so anyway, I learned a lot of Japanese then, but uh, blah, blah, blah. Here's some other resources that I have seen people use, and I've either passed on or I've used myself. One big one is the Rosetta Stone system. I've never used it, and the only reason is because of the cost. I'm not going to pay two or 300 bucks for a computer program, especially when I live in the freaking country. So, if you are not in the freaking country, if you're in your freaking country, you might want to consider giving it a whirl if you've got the cash to flush or you've got the pirate skills to find it next to a dumpster. But as I said, I've never gotten into it. I had an old roommate of mine who had it. He thought it was really good. Uh, Not my cup of tea. 
One thing you can do on YouTube, there are a plethora of videos on YouTube. Um, the vast majority of them are cute Japanese American girls or whatever teaching you Japanese language. Um, you can watch those if you want. If you're a rank beginner, if you have a little Japanese under your belt, maybe you took a semester at your community college or whatever, I would recommend the, uh, what is this dude's name again? Hold on, let me load this up. Yeah, Nihongo no Mori. Nihongo no Mori does uh, Japanese language proficiency tests from N1. Oh, God. Oh, God. All the way up to, all the or in N4 all the way up to N1 or whatever it is. And I've watched a lot of their videos. Um, once I decided that I was going to start a business, I wanted to brush up my grammar a little bit. And those worked out really well. They're free. They're on YouTube. Nihongo no Mori. There's no English involved. So you need a small amount of Japanese. But he starts it real basic. And you could start at the beginning, climb that ladder, and it'll really help with your, your grammar. You could sit on an exercise bike and watch it on your phone or on the exercise bike monitor. And if you're doing like 30 minutes, you can watch two videos. So that's an easy one, and I do recommend them. I liked them. Some of it's quite esoteric and uh, out, in the, out in the weeds, but some of it's really applicable. Okay, next. Hold on a little coffee here. Mm. All right, how do I get my thing back up here? My thing back up. The shame. Here we go. Comics. Comics and manga. I don't, I don't like manga. And it's not that I dislike manga. It's just that I don't like it. I've never been into it. I read a lot of comics when I was a kid. And in junior high school, I was really into it, into like Image Comics and Spawn and Todd McFarlane and all that shit. And the art was a big deal to me. At one time, I was a decent little artist myself. Oh, yeah, that's another thing I resurrected into Clink. But maybe more on that some other time. Yeah. So the thing about Japanese manga, I think the art's ridiculous. It, in my opinion, it's it's just low ball, and I don't get into it because of that. However, again, find yourself in jail, and this is what a, an officer is slipping through the bars for you to pass your time. Give it a whirl. This is something Tim Ferriss uh, from Four Hour Work Week and uh, that parkour video he did. Yeah, this is something that he has pushed as very useful, and that's reading manga in whatever target language you are trying to acquire at any given time. He recycles the same titles, I think, unless I'm mistaken. It's One Piece. If you don't know One Piece, then you're probably not into Japan that much. Uh, I've never read it, but I know what it is. If you live here, you can't miss it. So anyway, he's read One Piece in a variety of languages. Um, I've never read One Piece. However, I was passed a copy of GTO by uh, a prison guard or a jail or a cop working as Tanto-san. Tanto-san, arigatouzaimasu. And I read GTO. I read it a couple times, several editions. Yeah, it helps. Also, uh, like Young Jump, the big ones that you can buy from the convenience store, those are really good too because... Next to the kanji, they've got like hiragana and katagana written as well. So even if you don't know kanji, you could still read those and follow the story. 
they're simple enough. And I read all that shit, GTO, Young Jump, whatever, whatever someone had that they'd lend me. That's one thing my friends didn't bring was manga, but most of the other dudes in there got it brought to them by their parents or girlfriends or wives or whatever. So you can borrow it and read that. Um, I've never, I haven't read any since I got out and I got out years ago. As I said, it's not my interest, but if it is your interest, bam, you got an immediate tool that can help you, uh, help you learn a language and remember, remember things. That's lucky for you. Okie dokie. Next audio help. So what are the audio tools that you can use? Obviously, obviously there's like YouTube, um, Nihongo no Mori, as I recommended earlier, it's a video, but you could just listen to audio and it would be no problem. The one audio product that I'd recommend, and even if you have to buy it, it's not that expensive, 30 bucks, Pimsler, the Pimsler series. Yes, they are corny. Yes, they're dorky. Yes, they are cliche, but they work. I've used Pimsler products to learn conversational Cantonese, conversational Thai. I've used them to brush up my French before I went to Paris. Um, and I've used them for Japanese. And in my experience, it works. Maybe it just works for someone like me, someone with my head wired this particular way. But for the price, like what, 30 bucks for hours and hours of language practice. And the other cool point is they're, it's audio. So you're repeating and you're listening. You're repeating and you're listening. And they have these little conversation things set up inside. I thought that's pretty cool. And you don't need a lot of equipment. I think the first one I got was back in the day, Cantonese. And I think it was cassette tapes. I'm sure you can get MP3s now or whatever the cool kids are using. But Pimsler works. Uh, I think it's good to go. Give it a try. Other audio, like listening to music and shit, I don't think that works. It doesn't work for me personally. It might depend on the, the target language, but for me, listening to music... I like listening to music anyway, and I listen to this day I have a bunch of Thai albums. To this day I have no Japanese albums, but I still have Thai albums because Thailand actually makes good music. But uh, I, I never found it to work too well for me, but I know other people who have. Give Pimsler a try. Okay, then we go on to the next one. Now, um, I'm not trying to be dirty or controversial here. I'm telling the truth because I've learned significance amounts of immediately applicable Japanese uh, grammatical phrases and grammar from porno and yeah porn okay this isn't going to work that well if you're watching those little three minute blowjob clips I don't recommend that you need you got to get a real video a full video, like the whole 45-minute or hour-and-a-half video. Watch the whole thing. Uh, the scripts are ludicrously simple. The people involved have average to below-average IQ, so they're not they're not breaking out any... Uh, they're not reciting Mishima Yukio. It's going to be pretty simple. And that's great if you're trying to learn the language. What's more, it's like an instructional... There's because you know it's porn, so they're they're saying things like, Oh, push your cock in my mouth, and you get to see them doing it. So, you, ah, I understand, 
Ah, cinco irite. I see what you're doing here. It's easy to remember if you're a horny bastard, a lecherous scumbag, 28 years old, keeps your attention, easy to remember, and plentiful sources online, never ending. What's more, you got, you got immediate applicability if you're also uh, infected with yellow fever and you're in Tokyo or Osaka or, or whatever, some farming town out in the boonies, doesn't matter. If you're looking for it, you're going to find it. And uh, the porn's going to give you the tools to get deeply engaged, so to speak. Also, as I said, easy to remember, immediately applicable, and they're acting it out right in front of you. So even if you miss words, you can kind of figure it out. Okay? Seriously, give it a try. It really works. Um, let's see here. What else? Okay, finally, and I already talked about this. This is a big point, for me anyway, and I'm not the only person who thinks so. One, okay, what's the point? The point is ladies, or if you happen to be a dandy homosexual man, dudes. After engaging in coitus, post-coitus, I believe it's referred to as afterglow, you then lay around and you chit-chat. Okay, this is a really great way to learn languages. I learned a lot of Cantonese like this. Uh, the only language I have not learned I am, is Thai. Thai is the only language that I've never learned in a bedroom ever. I don't know what it is. Thai ladies don't do it for me. Uh, the Thai guys definitely don't. And I just stay, I stayed away from that. It was all kickboxing and, and you know, kickboxing. That's it. But anyway, in Japan, this has been a staple of my Nihongo acquisition system. Um, every, every part of it, from chatting over coffee to arranging the date to being on the date and making the date not suck with boredom, and then to getting them to wherever you want to go and then to actually engaging in said act. You're practicing Japanese, and afterwards, once the act is done, laying there in the afterglow, having your smoke or whatever, you get that chit-chat, and that's a really good opportunity to tap that person, no pun intended, for additional vocabulary, things like that. I'm not saying you should use Japanese women to learn the language, and I'm not saying that Japanese women use gaijin guys to learn English, although that's a popular mem. I've never encountered that myself. I think they use gaijin guys for pole. That's what they use them for. Anyway, it's a it's a really good way to cement some of your language gains and that's and at the same time enjoy some of the particular pleasures that the land of the rising sun offers. Um yeah, if you're having trouble finding a partner, resources abound and I've put some links in the post uh, yeah I'm not going to sit there and talk about right, right now that would eat up a lot of time the last thing I, I'd like to say and this is really important and this is probably the, the number one thing that separated me from a lot of other foreigners who didn't speak Japanese and that's that as I said earlier I didn't really connect with the expat community early on so my first four or five years here I had very, I, I had acquaintances. I didn't have any foreign friends. All of my contacts were Japanese. 90% of those were female. The 10% that won't were professional fighters. Uh, 
So I didn't, I didn't have any place to hide, you know, and that was a big part of it. If you're constantly in your, your comfort zone with your foreign friends and you're speaking English or French or whatever it is, don't be surprised when you don't learn any of the language. And when your concepts about the culture, if all your cultural concepts are based on uh, you know, chrysanthemum and the sword and books that you've, you've read or, or you know, posts on Gaijin Pot in Japan times, the chances are that you're pretty out of touch even if you don't realize it. You need to put yourself in uncomfortable situations where you're forced to speak the target language. And then the next thing you need to do is give zero fucks. Don't worry about making mistakes. Just be there. Speak the language. Make mistakes. When you make mistakes, laugh it off. Don't take it personally when someone corrects you. And you're going to improve really, really, really quickly if you do that. So go out. Get out of your comfort zone. Put yourself in a situation that's going to force you to communicate in the language that you're interested in. And uh, if you do that, success will be yours. That's about it. Um, If you got anything out of this uh, out of this podcast or uh, out of this video, please do us a solid. Please like the video. Please comment about something. If you've got another way to learn Japanese or any language, throw that down in the comments. Please share the video. Whatever you got, just give us some love. We're uh, getting into this. We've been here a long time. We, not just meaning me, I mean also Yosemono and our fellow contributors on gaijinas.com. Just throw us some love. Like and share the video. Subscribe to our videos and podcasts. You can find the podcast on uh, iTunes now, a Gaijin Ass podcast. And just uh, get with it. If any of you ever want a guest post on gaijinass.com, direct message me uh, on, on the YouTubes or on Facebook or on Twitter or anywhere else. And uh, we'll set it up. We'll make it happen. Okay, that's it right now. We are about finished. Mina-san. ありがとうございました。じゃあ、感動ね。よろしく。